Mike. I don't know why before this show. I had this whole thing set up. I was going to talk about how they have an app that tracks a woman's menstrual cycle, right? But then I found out that some of the guys that I know know how much an actual plan B costs from the all the way to the penny. I mean, like the exact amount. And I'm saying to myself, who does that? $54.92 with tax. $54.92. Listen, I ain't never had to buy no plan B, but I'm getting to a point where, Mike, I don't even, I just think that I use, I, I may just be shooting dust. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Attention Orders Podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Hey, make sure you subscribe to me on all on all platforms where you get your podcast from and i'm on youtube big sarge media all right make sure wherever you get your podcast from just go there and subscribe to attention to orders it doesn't cost anything to do that and then go on over to youtube and get on big sarge media and say subscribe god 5492 i ain't got 5492 to my name right now so how in the heck am i gonna anyway once again, you tune into the Attention Orders podcast. I'm Big Sarge. We're going to jump right into this thing in just a second, but uh, I want to do a small moment of silence. Uh, I, uh, silence. I just found out before I came on the show that um, my, my old high school basketball coach passed away, Coach Johnson. And uh, Coach Johnson was a really good guy. Coach Johnson was one of the men that I, I, I love to talk to. Coach Johnson was one of the men that I love, you know, to be around. I'll never forget, true story. You know, when I was in high school and I was playing, because he was the varsity coach, so I was on varsity, and I was always afraid to make a mistake. I was always afraid to make a mistake. So every time I make a mistake, I look over and Coach Johnson would be like, keep playing. And I'd be like, okay, and so keep on playing, keep on playing. And then I make another mistake. I look over at Coach Johnson, and he'd be like, hey, just keep going, right? So one time I looked over at Coach Johnson, and Coach Johnson did this to me. <laughs> Coach Johnson shot me the middle finger. Coach Johnson shot me the bird. And when Coach Johnson did this to me, I was like, so I'm now I'm mad. So I keep playing and I keep playing. And so I come back and I be like, um, Coach John, why you shoot the bird at me? He said, because I'm tired of you looking at me when you make a mistake. Just keep playing. Just keep going. Don't worry about nothing. Just keep going. And so once again, rest in peace, peace, Coach Johnson. Um, wow. To your son Lee. Uh man, Lee, I know it's been a long time. I haven't seen you since I think it was 1989. May have been the last time I seen you, man, but I'm sorry. My condolences go out to Coach Johnson and his family. All right, we're about to get this thing started. Hey, make sure you follow me on all social media platforms too. It is Big Star Sports with a Z on Twitter. Big Star Sports with a Z on Instagram, and I am on Facebook uh, under my legal government name, government, I said, just like I wanted to say it, at Brian Bearfield. Cause, so here's the thing. I said this last night. I'll say it again. I, I go live on Facebook so I can make sure that my vernacular is right, my enunciation is right, I can keep everything in, you know straight, the straight and the narrow because all my Christian friends is on on. Uh, facebook my mama god rest her soul used to be on facebook a lot a lot of her classmates are on there so you know facebook is for christians now for heathens they go to snapchat and they go to instagram ig models y'all are the work of the devil i ain't gonna ask lebron anyway um and then twitter twitter is for people like me Saved hypocrites, cause I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. How the glory! I need uh money for the building fund or the podcast fund, whichever one you want. If you want a tithe, uh, it's dollar sign Brian Bearfield on Cash App. I don't have Venmo, but I do have Apple Pay. Hit me up. Anyway, uh, I'm a saved hypocrite, cause I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. But I do some hypocritical things, and I know it. I know it. I know it. I'm a walking contradiction. Sometimes I'll be like, hey, bro, you got to get yourself together. Speaking of getting yourself together, we're going to jump right into this brief. Uh, Mike, can you pull up the article, please? Y'all remember uh, Central Park Karen? Y'all remember her? Pull this thing up right quick. Y'all remember Central Park Karen? It's over. Hold on. I got to pull it up myself. Here we go. So Central Park Karen. 
her, really her name is Amy Cooper. Y'all remember Amy Cooper? She was the woman that was in Central Park who was choking her dog and filming the black man when they went to the bird park because he asked her to take her dog out and then she wouldn't and he gave her started giving the dog treats and the dog started going crazy trying to get to the treats and then next thing you know, um, the she was over there saying I'm gonna call the police and I'm gonna tell them that you're harassing me. I'm gonna tell them that a black man is attacking me and she called the police while he was filming it. Right? He was filming this whole thing. And then turn it over, so she ended up losing her job. She lost her dog for a while. She was ridiculed, persecuted, everything. Everything was done to her, right? And so then, this this week, if I'm not mistaken, the New York um, Attorney General wants to press charges on her for filing a false police report on, let me see, what's his name? Christian Cooper. All right, let me read this. According to SandraRose.com, the woman who was, uh, widely criticized for calling 911 on a black man in Central Park was charged with a hate crime and filing a false police report. But the Manhattan, Manhattan District Attorney, excuse me, will have a hard time making the charges stick. The victim, Christian Cooper, is not cooperating with the prosecution's case against Amy Taylor. Christian uh, Cooper says he defended Amy Taylor on Tuesday in a statement explaining why he won't cooperate. On the one hand, she's already paid a steep price. That's not enough of a deterrent to others. Bringing her more misery just seems like piling on. So if the DA feels the need to pursue charges, he should pursue charges, but he can do that without me. If he wants to pursue charges, he can pursue charges, but he needs to do that without me. Let me tell you what you just did, Mr. Cooper. I understand. It's all fine and dandy. Forgive her if you're going to forgive her. I am cool with that. I'm cool with that. If you're going to forgive her, forgive her. Hey, look, we all make mistakes, and I just got through talking about being, you know, a saved hypocrite, so I forgive people for doing me wrong as well. I get that. But you can't play the victim. You can't play the victim on one hand, and then on the other hand say, oh, you know what, y'all, let's just forget about it. We cool. Let's just forget about it. Because you played the victim, and you played the victim very, very well, which you were the victim, but you enhanced that a little bit more. And now you want us, or you want the DA, when he say, okay, I'm going to do something about it, I'm going to do something about it. He's like, nah, we done done enough. She done lost a job. She lost a dog for a while. She done lost some income. We okay, right? No, we're not okay, Mr. Cooper. And the reason why... The reason why we're not okay is because what this young lady did to you was harassment, and it was a crime. And if you say, I'm okay, you know, can we just let bygones be bygones? Can we just let it go? Then guess what? The next time something happens to an African-American male in New York being harassed, Having a phone call made to 911 saying that they are being harassed, uh, the person is being harassed and attacked by a black man. They're going to be like, well, are you sure? You sure you're being attacked by a black man? Are you sure? Okay, just making sure because, I mean, if we're going to come out there and then we're going to investigate and we don't want to waste taxpayers' time and taxpayers' money trying to do the right thing, and then to have the young man say, nah, we're cool. What you've done, you've set the legal system back 24 years for African-American males and females. You could have forgave her. You could have forgiven her. You know what? I'm a, Let me tell you something. I be trying to tell people this. Christian Cooper, I say this about President Trump all the time. You need some better black friends. And I'm going to tell you why you need some better black friends. Because your black friends would have told, hey, man, you prosecute her ass. And then guess what? When you want to forgive her, go on down to the jailhouse and speak to her through that window. Listen, they got ways right now. Prisoners got phones. If you want to text her in jail, text her in jail. You want to put some money on her books, put some money on her books. You want to teach her how to make spread? Well, that's another thing right there because take, learn, learning how to make spread is a very tedious and long process. You have to have the right ingredients. So I heard. Hey, we're about to take a break. When we come back, though, I'm going to tell you why the United States Army failed PFC Vanessa Gillian. Lack of leadership. We'll be back. Hey, what's going on, y'all?
You're tuned in to Attention to Orders. I'm your host, Big Sarge. All my Vietnam veterans, welcome home. Germany, good night. All my active duty military personnel is downrange. Good night. It is now time for Big Sarge's Article 15. Come get this work on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm out. Uh, before I went to the break, I was about to give the ingredients to spread. And spread is something that they make in jail. And like I said, I don't know too much about it. I just heard about it. But I know you got to have the right ingredients and you got to have the right uh, money on your books in order to be able to make that. Hey, welcome back. You're tuning to the, t- <laughs> You're tuning to the Attention to Artists podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Uh... Before I move on, for those of you all who can't see me, for those who can't see me, let me tell you this. I have on a hat, right? I have on a hat. And what that hat say? Love wins, right? Is that what it say? Love wins. Hold on. Let me take this thing off and look. Love wins. And it has the rainbow on it, right? It has the rainbow going across and everything. And I truly believe that. I truly believe that love does win. And I'm a firm believer in love who you love. Love who you love. And that's why I have this have this hat on. I have this hat on because love who you love. I'm not going to discriminate against you. I'm not going to say you're wrong for loving who you love. Love who you love. I love who I love. I do. And so I love this hat. And you're going to see me with it on again and again. And I wish I would have been able to get it last month for Pride Month, but I missed out on that. So, I mean, it's okay, though. I wore a Juneteenth shirt. Is that good enough? Hey, once again, tune into the Tension Orders podcast. Hey, um, I'm gonna jump into a little bit something serious though. Lack of this leadership. Is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? What? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Mike. This is Velvet. Well, I mean, now that you've asked, I mean, I thought that you wasn't gonna never uh, uh make mention of my beautiful coat that I have on right here, Mike. Yes, this is velvet and look if you really want to be technical about it this crushed velvet this is that 70s velvet this is something you don't know about my this that oh we hey baby girl come over here let me talk to you for a second what's your sign i can't believe look side note i can't believe that stuff like that actually worked back in the days what's your sign girl now is that with or without the jerry curl uh jerry curl that, Ooh, with the juice dripping? Yes, but I never had a Jerry curl. I had an S curl, but I didn't have a Jerry curl because, well, one, I mean, since you want to bring up my childhood and take me back down trauma lane, we was poor. So it's a difference in the Jerry and the S. So the S is the is the generic brand of the Jerry. It's kind of like buying Jiffy peanut butter and then buying great value. Like, it's still peanut butter, but it don't taste like Jiffy. So that's how the Jerry, so it's a Jerry curl. I had an S curl, but my hair is actually, I have a. I have what we call in the hood, good hair. I have some Native American in my family. My mama was a Blackfoot. You'll get that later on. But anyway, <laughs> I got natural juices and berries in my hair. Mike, thank you. Thank y'all for taking notice of my beautiful, beautiful crushed velvet coat. Hey, girl, my name is Leon. And I'm a Scorpio. Come over here and let me buy you a drink. And then you go sit in that bamboo chair where the lady be sitting down and you be standing up like y'all extras on the Lion King or something like that. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Lack of leadership. So all of us have been following this PFC Vanessa Gillian case right her her remains were found she was positively identified by authorities on the other day and let me just say this i my heart still hurts for those of y'all who follow me on social media for those of y'all who know me my heart hurts this case has taken so much out of me and what i mean by taking so much out of me because 
the way that this young lady was done, it hurts me to my core. It hurts me to my soul. Like my mental health issues have been triggered by this whole PFC Vanessa Gillian case. Like I think about this a lot. I think about this a lot. As a veteran, as a former non-commissioned officer in the United States Army, I think about her a lot. Now, for those of y'all who don't know, let's play a little catch up on, on what's going on in this uh, in PFC Vanessa Gillian's case. And, you know, my condolences goes out to her family. Let me start off by saying that my condolences go to, to her family and may this young lady rest in heaven. All right. So uh, PFC Vanessa Gillian, she was from Houston, Texas. She was a small arms repair station at Fort Hood in the 3rd Cavalry Regiment. She was last seen alive on April 22nd of this year at the squadron headquarters. Later on, they found her car keys, her barracks room key, and her ID card, which is called a cat card in the military. In the military, we call them cat card, and they are common access cards, right? And so let me stop right there. When they found her car keys, when they found her barracks room key, when they found her, yeah, her car keys and her barracks room key, and then they found her cat card, that alone, Army CID, should have let you know that something ain't right. Anybody that's in the military, right, anybody that works on a military installation knows that you cannot, you cannot be without your cat card. Let me tell you what happens. Let me tell you what happens when you, um, when you lose your cat card. You get ridden up. They call them 4856, right? 4856s. And AR, AR 600-8-14, paragraph 1.7, article 108 says, through neglect, damaging, destroying, or losing, or through neglect, suffering to be lost, damaged, destroyed, sold, or wrongfully disposed of of military property, a value damage of $500 or less, confinement for six months, and forfeiture of two-thirds, pay per month for six months for losing your cat card that's what could happen if a soldier would have came to me and said they lost their cat card i could do this right here confinement for six months forfeiture of two-thirds pay per month for six months that cat card has all of your information on it that is your life. Your cat card is your life. You cannot log on to a computer without having your cat card. You can't get into the gate without having your cat card. So you lose your cat card the first time, we'll be like, all right, we're going to go get you a replacement. You lose that cat card the second time, or we're going to be on the carpet. You and I are going to be on the carpet, and I'm going to get in trouble because you lost your cat card. They're going to say, what are you doing as far as your responsibilities to this soldiers are concerned? And then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to jump on you because you are, this is your second time. So when the Army CID walked in, the barracks room key, all right, she could have just left that. Her car keys, that could have been left too. But that cat card should have sent off a red flag saying, hey, something ain't right about this whole situation because wherever this soldier is, they don't have that cat car with them, and they know that they got to have that item with them at all times. All right. So now you find the barracks room key, you find the car keys, and you find the cat car. Now, I will say this. I will say this because I know how, the, how, how it works in the Army. They didn't jump to trying to look for her right off the bat because they said, well, this soldier could have went AWOL. Because in the military, right, in the military, you have 30 days to be gone. You have 30 days that you can be gone before they consider you uh, as a, a, dis, a deserter. Like for 30 days, they will count you as being AWOL. That's absent without leave. That means that Leave in the military means vacation. So you ain't take no vacation. You ain't got no medical leave. None of that. You're supposed to be uh, present at all formations. And when they go and they start doing investigation, they say, okay, this soldier could have went AWOL. Like I said, the cat car should have told him, well, something ain't right because they don't have a cat car. But on the 31st day of you not being there, that's when they say, oh, okay, so now we're going to start uh, punishing this a whole different way. Now they just don't want to come back to the, to the military at all, period. 
So I will give the Army that small leeway saying, okay, well, let's just make sure she didn't go AWOL at first. Let's just make sure she didn't leave all her stuff here and say, I don't want to be a part of the Army anymore, and she just left. So I'll give you that that small that, that, that small little leeway. That, that gives you a little bit of leeway. I mean, in a regular situation, anytime you walk in and see a cat card, you see the cat card in there, you should automatically be a red flag and say, we need to find out what's happening. So as we move on, right? She was killed in the armory room. For those of y'all who don't know what the armory room is, the armory is where they keep the weapons. The armory room is where they keep the weapons on base. They have, in Fort Hood, they got multiple armories. But the armory is where you keep the weapons locked up, secured. Everybody is assigned a weapon. And when you're in an infantry unit, you assign a weapon. You don't keep that weapon with you. You don't keep that weapon at your house. That weapon is at the armory room until you're either about to deploy or you're going to the range. And then you go and they say, hey, weapons draw us today. Let's go down here and draw these weapons. So the young lady was killed in the weapons room. Right? Right. I'm going to get to a little bit more about that. But... I, I, my spirit is upset right now, and I, I, I'm getting too angry, so I need to calm myself down. I'm going to move on. Let me just calm myself down because this case bothers me on a consistent basis. This case bothers every day. Every day since I found out about this, I have thought about PFC Vanessa Gillian for every day and what could have been done and what should have been done and if I would have been her NCO and how I would have been able to help her. So they said that she was killed, right, by another soldier because he didn't want his career ruined for sleeping with another soldier's wife. You know how hard it is to prove adultery in the military without hard facts? Because according to the reports, all Vanessa Gillian, PFC Vanessa Gillian seen was pictures on his phone. She didn't have hard evidence from what's being told. She didn't have hard evidence. She just seen pictures on the phone. Do you know how easily it is to delete pictures? Let me tell you something. One of my jobs in the military was I worked in the human resources department of the military. They called the S1 shop. In there, we handled promotions. We handled pay. We handled legal. We handled purse debt. Purse debt is the attendance, right? I've talked to some people in legal who worked in legal. That's JAG for those of you all who know what I'm talking about. And in JAG, I asked one day because I knew of some soldiers who was who was either sleeping with somebody's wife or had their wife being slept with by other soldiers, by senior enlisted. It's another story for another time. I said, how can y'all bust them? They say, unless they come in here and catch them in the act, and we have to have the pictures or video of them in the act, there's nothing we could do. I said, but, I mean, they've been seen on post together. That don't mean nothing. That don't mean nothing. Some of you all don't even know that in the military, you can be punishable by you seeing, I'm sorry, let me, let me restart. In the military, if you have sex outside of the missionary position with your wife, you could it that's punishable by UCMJ action. If y'all not doing the missionary style, if y'all want to switch it up and get freaky deaky, you can't do that. You'll be punished under UCMJ action. Now, them proving it is another thing, but it's still on the books, just like adultery. And if you don't have them or catch them in the act, there's nothing you can do. So if there's nothing you can do about that, how are you trying to make me believe that this soldier killed? PFC Gillian because of an adulterous relationship. See, Army, y'all can tell, Big Army, y'all can tell these people who don't know, who outside of the Army, who outside of the military, who don't know. Y'all can feed that BS to them. You're not going to feed that BS to me. This is the things that pisses me off about this whole case. One, hey, uh... What was the sign-in sheet for the armory? You got to sign in and out. They should have known who was coming in and out of the armory, right? You got to sign in and out because you have some real high-dollar, valuable weapons. I put it like this. Some of you all don't know what an ACOG is. That's the scope on the weapon. Those scopes, look up what an ACOG costs. 
And a lot of those, especially at Fort Hood, because they deploy so much and because they have the cavalry there and infantrymen there and because they deploy so much again, ACOGs on their weapons. Look up the price of just the ACOG, and that's just the scope on the M4. How is there only two people around in the uh, around these weapons? I can see why PFC Vanessa Gillian was in the armory because of her job, because of her MOS. But what was a combat engineer doing in there? Was he assigned? Because I haven't seen that he was assigned to work in the armory. I didn't see that. And if he was, shouldn't that have been documented? Shouldn't that have been? Should, who who who's taking account of who's going in and out of the armory? Because you just can't go in and out of the armory without being checked in. He murdered her and no one in the armory heard a thing. Nobody. Nobody heard a thing. He cleaned up for 43 minutes. 43 minutes after he killed her, he cleaned up for 43 minutes. And nobody seen Blood splattered when they walked into the armory room where she was murdered, where she was last seen. You walked in and you didn't see no blood. I've watched too many NCIS episodes to know that you can see blood. Blood. There's gonna be some blood somewhere. Why didn't nobody take the little the uh what what they call them the blue light the green light the black light. the black look freaky deaky man over here you get the black light. That's how I know who been in my house or not. Why didn't y'all take the black light? and run it through the armory to see if there was blood splatter. That's what they do on NCIS. That's what they do on, uh, on uh, Law and Order SVU. Y'all didn't do nothing like that. Another thing. How was a person murdered in the armory room, had their body cleaned up in 43, 43 minutes, and when y'all walked in there, see, I don't know how familiar you all are, Army CID, with cleaning up blood. Do you know the amount of ammonia and bleach you would have to use in order to clean up blood after you bludgeoned a person with a hammer? And y'all didn't smell nothing? Nothing tipped you off to say, man, it is a strong smell in here. And the last time I smelled that is when somebody tried to clean up a murder. No, nobody. Nobody took it upon themselves to say, uh, it's a strong odor coming from this room. Maybe we should search for blood. I ain't done yet. How did the FBI find a suspect before you, Army CID? Because when they actually tracked the guy down, it was without you, Army CID. That's the Criminal Investigation Division. They were without you, Army CID. That's how they were able to find them. Without you, which lets me know that from April to the time they found this young man, y'all been running people in circles trying to do play cover up. Come on now. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but Big Sarge, you ain't fooling me none. I know how you operate, Army CID, but I put it like this. I bet you if it had been an allegation against somebody whooping their child or punishing their child and they went to school and said I was punished, you'd be all in their house, get out, you're going to pack here, you're going to go here, and you're going to take this class, you're going to take that class. But you could not find PFC Gillian. You didn't see no blood. You didn't smell no more. And the FBI found them without you. Without you. So what were you doing, Army CID? Let me tell you what else pisses me off about this case. PFC Gillian told her family that she was being sexually harassed. Right? She told her family. You know who else she told? She told somebody else on post. And the reason why I know she told somebody else on post is because on June 18th, almost two months after uh, she went missing, on June 18th, almost two months after she'd been missing, an investigation was started into sexual harassment. Who, who, who y'all trying to fool, bruh? I, I mean, I was born at night, but not last night. I have common sense. Two months after this young lady went missing, all of a sudden y'all going to file uh, an investigation now? Y'all looking into sexual harassment?
which lets me know that she probably told one person and y'all didn't do a thing about it. But because her family kept pushing that narrative, all of a sudden now y'all want to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we should have done like something like that. PFC Gillian told her family, but she didn't tell them. She let me tell you like this. She didn't tell her chain of command. And the reason why her family says she didn't tell her chain of command was for fear of retaliation. She didn't tell her chain of command because of fear of retaliation. Hey, let me say that a little bit slower for the people up top who can't hear me. She did not tell her chain of command for fear of retaliation. In the Army, the rank structure is designed to be fear over respect. For the most part, when you're dealing with senior enlisted officers, I'm senior enlisted officers, I said that again. When you're dealing with senior enlisted NCOs and when you're dealing with high-ranking officers, it's fear over respect. You fear that you're going to lose your rank if, if, if something happens, if they don't like you. You fear that you're going to lose some money. You fear you're going to lose some time. It's fear over respect. Now, don't get me wrong. They have a lot of people, a lot of senior enlisted, good senior enlisted. I've had some very, very good senior enlisted non-commissioned officers. Sergeant First Class retired, Larry Farmer. Staff Sergeant retired, Adrian Glover. Master Sergeant, Melissa Solomon. Those are just three I can name right off the top of my head. And then I can get into Sergeant Stewart and Sergeant Wilson and, and, and Sergeant Bradley. Like I've had some really, really good NCOs, but there I've had been around some terrible ones, and I won't name them. They just know that when I see them, it's on site. And if, for those of y'all who know, y'all know. She didn't tell them for fear of retaliation because of the Army rank structure, fear over respect. Let me tell you how a lot of NCOs deal. Let me tell you how a lot of NCOs deal, uh, senior enlisted NCOs and officers. Let me tell you how they deal with allegations towards people that they like. I said this earlier. Uh, I said this last weekend, and Facebook took my video down. Well, Facebook, let me tell you something right now. You can take this video down, but guess what? I'm recording a podcast, so it's going to get out one way or the other. The only way it won't get out is you're going to have to shut down my page. And when you do that, make sure you shut down all of them. And you can shut down my IG, but I'll just go on Twitter, and I'll come right back here and make sure everybody subscribe. And people who have Facebook accounts, I'll make sure that they keep telling you, hey, why you do that? Matter of fact, y'all need to worry about this thing that y'all got going on with saying that y'all don't want to, you know, stop hate speech. Anyway, let me tell you how it works. Let's, let me give you a scenario. I can imagine if PFC Gillian would have went in to tell her first sergeant or if she would went in to tell the company commander or she would went in and told the XO, hey, I'm being sexually harassed in my units. First thing they would have done was this. Hey, so I looked at your ERB because I knew you was coming in, right? I knew you was coming in. So right here, you didn't do good last time on your uh, PT test. What's up with that? Have you not been, you know, working out, getting yourself ready for PT? Hey, uh, it looks like you're in the waiting tape. You haven't, have you been eating too much? Have you not been taking care of yourself? What's up with that? I see that you've had some uh, disciplinary issues here too. Woo, looks like you've been had, uh, seeing that uh, you couldn't go to the board last month because you got written up for blase this, blase that. Plus, I mean, I know. You know, staff sergeant, such and such, such, such. You know, I know sergeant, such, such, such. They're high speed. They squared away. They do whatever it needs to be done for this unit. They do whatever they need to do for the United States Army. They also told me, you know, now that you're here, I've heard that you've been having some issues in the unit. So are you here to complain just so you can get out of work? Are you here to complain just so you can get out of the unit? Are you here to complain because you want me to move you? Like, that may be because I've heard some things, and especially from these squared-away high-speed soldiers, I heard some things. Now, you heard me say all of that, right? Not one time did they say, tell me what happened. That's how it works. Not one time did you hear, tell me what happened. Hey, PFC, tell me what happened to you. 
Because that's what they should have done. Because that's what I would have done. You One of my soldiers came to me with an issue. Hey, let's go in this other room right here so everybody can hear. Hey, tell me what's going on. I don't give a damn what's on your ERB. I want to know what's going on right now, which is what the first sergeant should have done. Um, this is what the first sergeant or the company commander or the XO should have done. But most of the time, they look at the person sitting across with them. They look at their chest to look at their rank, and that's how they proceed. You failed. Fort Hood, lack of leadership. You failed this young lady, but it gets better. I mean, because now I've heard what they found some more remains of people who have been missing from Fort Hood. How are you an army installation and you got people coming up missing? You got soldiers coming up missing. That's because you got sorry ass NCOs. That's their job is to take care of the soldier. And all they want to do is be on their damn phone, fake their ERB so they can get promoted, don't want to babysit, because that's what they call it. I don't want to be babysitting these soldiers. You ain't babysitting. It's called working. I did it all the time with four kids and a wife at home. Come on, bro. Don't tell me nothing. Y'all can't tell me nothing. Y'all fail. And the thing is, the Army, because I'm going to speak on that because that's why it's called Attention to Orders, hosted by Big Sarge. It's still going on. This type of stuff is still going on. It's 2020. I've been out of the military for five years. This type of stuff was going on before me, and it's still going on right now. Y'all have a sexual harassment, sexual assault issue, and you need to take care of that before you start doing anything else. You wonder why morale is down? Because nobody wants to come and listen because y'all ain't going to do nothing. You know how I know? PFC Gillian is dead. That's how I know. And the FBI found the suspect, and Army CID did not. Rest in peace, PFC Vanessa Gillian. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Losing a loved one is always a difficult thing to deal with. Don't let laying them to rest be one of those things. Coleman's Family Mortuary is a family-owned, faith-driven company with over 40 years of shared experience of serving families. They have a strong commitment to provide the best quality services to all faiths, denominations, nationalities, and cultures. Service in Houston and surrounding areas, Coleman's Family Mortuary offers affordable final expense burial and pre-need plans. Call 409-283-3031. Once again, that's 409 283 3031 and let Coleman's Family Mortuary serve you with the love of God. Hey, welcome back. You're tuning to the Attention Orders Podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Woo, I like that. Hey, that's for my crushed velvet jacket, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to play up in here. Hey, y'all, we got young Cody up in the building. You know what I'm saying? Young Cody, slide to the mic right quick, man. Slide to the mic right quick. Well, go on and come to the mic. No, no, this mic, young Cody. Not the mic that I'm on. That's all right. We supposed to be social distancing. You trying to give me a two hundred fifty dollar fine? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, yeah. I just uh, really want you to tell the people what's up. Uh, what's up? Oh my God. <laughs> Y'all see how millennials act? Yeah. Wait, generation. Well, you generation Z, right? I don't know what I. How am. old are you again? I'm twenty. Cody, get off my mic. Ninety nine, December six. You don't want to send me a bro. birthday present, you know. Send him a mask. They say <laughs> Young Cody on it. <laughs> oh, wait. Young Cody, did you get an edge up? Uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Lion ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Young Cody. Yeah. Next time you can tell him where to find you at on Tinder. All right. What's All right. How <laughs> <laughs> you doing to the Attention on this podcast? I'm your host, Big Sarge. Uh, let me jump into this next thing I got going on right here. So, you all are familiar with the Breonna Taylor case, right? Breonna Taylor was a 26-year-old emergency room technician who was killed on March 13th in Louisville after the police executed a no-knock warrant looking for drugs. Let me stop right there. Side note. Just in case you all didn't know, I should have said this at the beginning of the show, so please, please blame this on me. Forgive me. Um, this show is going to be all about the ladies. That's why it's titled Ladies Night. Because I just want to talk, uh, my, my three subjects is going to be all, all about women. Women who have been done wrong. In the first segment, I talked about PFC Vanessa Gillian. 
And now I'm about to talk about um, Breonna Taylor. And in the Article 15, I'm going to talk about another young lady who's being attacked. But Breonna Taylor, once again, 26-year-old emergency room technician killed on March 13th in Louisville after police executed a no-knock warrant looking for drugs. So they thought that her boyfriend was receiving drugs in packages at her house, even though no drugs were found. When the police came in unannounced, Taylor's boyfriend, whose name is Kenneth Walker, began shooting because he thought that they were there to rob the house. I mean, I don't know if any of you all has have ever had your dough kicked in before. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been, you know, kicked out burglar or the laws then came in and busted up into your house. It's one of the eeriest and scariest feelings ever. Um, We were staying on the southwest side of Houston. And our house got robbed while we were away. And I guess either the robber got scared and he left a couple of things. And so uh, we got robbed on a Friday. Well, on a Monday, um, I was coming back from class. And... When me and my friend got out the car, we were coming up the sidewalk, and all we kept hearing was boom, boom, boom. And I'm saying to myself, this must be the, you know, this must be the uh, um, uh, maintenance man. They must be doing some construction or something. They must be doing some type of work. So all I kept hearing was a loud boom, boom, boom. So I turned a corner. And as soon as I turned the corner to my house, to our apartment, I see... Uh, a young man standing in the bushes, he gets up and he just starts walking away. And as I get a little bit closer, there's a guy standing there trying to kick in our dough. He turned and put a snub nose 357 to my head. My boy, we still cool to this day, but he took off running. I said, you sorry, son of a... Anyway, <laughs> he put that gun to my head and I said, hey, bro, you got it, man. You got it. He's like, hey, bro, just... You already know, I just I, I didn't say a word because I didn't want to die that day. That boy put that gun to my head and then just walked off. So I can imagine what it had been like if we'd have been in the house and he'd have been trying to kick that dough in because it was so loud when I when we were coming up the sidewalk. I'll never forget that that thing was crazy. So I can also imagine how Kenneth Walker and Breonna Taylor felt being sleeping and all of a sudden you this battering ram hits your door open it up and somebody just comes in unannounced license hand uh, 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 uh concealed handgun license um holder kenneth walker he did the right thing he started firing which is the same thing i would have done you kick in my door i'm going to fire you fire fire you i'm going to fire on you look up the castle doctrine i'm allowed to protect my house you kick in my dough unannounced. I don't care who you are. I'm firing. I No questions asked. We can sort everything out and, and later on. But he did the right thing. Brianna was shot eight times by the officers and she died. For those of you all who, who are not familiar with the case, look up the Brianna Taylor case and go into it and look into it in depth because, you know, they were firing through the windows recklessly, recklessly. They found bullets in other people's houses. Found bullets in other people's houses after all that went down. Y'all know in the police report, they said Breonna Taylor suffered no injuries. And they said that they did not force their way into the house, even though they used a battering ram. Right? Even though they used a battering ram to get into the house, and even though Breonna Taylor died from um, um, gun, gun wounds, from being shot eight times, they said in a police report that she suffered no injuries. Now, for those of y'all who know Big Sarge, y'all know I I, I don't like the, these police reports. We're starting to find out more and more that the, how they falsify them, how the police falsify them. There was a, a former officer who turned professor said that the union taught him, taught them how to lie on police reports. George Floyd, I don't know if you all remember, but one of the police officers, one of the six who was um, a, uh, who have been charged here, former officers that was falsifying police reports to get warrants and robbing people and things like that. George Floyd, God rest his soul. He was one of the guys who, who had his police report falsified, too. He did jail time over that. Y'all know the cop in the Eric Gardner case said that, that, that he had Eric Gardner when he died, had over 10,000 loose cigarettes on him. And then he said, oh, wait, my mistake, it was 
maybe a thousand or maybe a hundred. How many of y'all know about the cops in Atlanta who pulled them two police? I mean, sorry, the, the police officers in Atlanta who pulled those two college students out of the car and tased them. And on the police report, they said that they had guns. So you can miss me with this police report stuff. I'm not a, a huge fan. I, police police officers falsify reports all the time, and the union backs them, just like the union is backing these officers who killed Breonna Taylor. Hey, and, you know, anytime you want to, um, Mr. DA, the one who just, you know, had his engagement all over social media, anytime you're ready to charge uh, uh, the people who killed uh, Breonna Taylor, you know, don't don't mind us. Just take your time, I guess, like you've been doing. I mean, you're not moving expeditiously. You can come on and tell us all the time that, oh, you know, a case like this takes time. It don't take no time. It don't take no time. You already got all the facts. What else do you need to know? A young lady was killed after she was awakened in her sleep while they were executing a no-knock warrant based off of false information. The police said, Hey, he's getting packages at this house. He's getting packages at this house. They went to the to the post office and they said, "Is there any suspicious packages going to this place?" They said, "No." You know what the police officers told uh, the judge in order to secure a warrant? Hey, he's getting suspicious packages at this place. Even after they told you, they're not getting suspicious packages at this place. Hmm. Okay. So now, the interesting thing is this, Mike. Can you pull that article back up, please? Warrant in fatal encounter between Breonna Taylor and police was linked to gentrification plan, family's lawyers claim. And this is according to CNN. The police raided Breonna Taylor's home that ended with the police killing her was connected to a political plan to clear a Louisville, Kentucky street for a real estate development, according to an amended lawsuit filed by Taylor's mother. The Louisville Metro Police Department, uh, hold on, yes, declined to comment uh, to CNN via email. Police were using an effort to vacate homes in Elliott Avenue for a high-dollar real estate development, including new homes, a cafe, and an amphitheater, according to the lawsuit. One of the primary roadblocks to this unit and the real estate development project was an ex-boyfriend of Breonna Taylor who rented a home on Elliott Avenue. Taylor lived on Springfield Drive more than 10 miles away from Elliott Avenue, but a car registered to her had been seen several times at a suspected drug house on Elliott Avenue being driven by two individuals who had been tracked uh, to her resident, according to a police affidavit. So y'all telling me that Brianna Taylor lost her life because y'all want to build a Starbucks? Because y'all want to build a, a, a movie theater? Cause y'all want to build some apartments? Y'all trying to gentrify the gentrify the area? So y'all know how they do this, right? Mike, I don't know if you know this or not, but let me tell you what they do when they when when they're ready to gentrify an area. Because gentrif gentrification is hold on, I got it right here. Let me tell you what gentrification is. Gentrification is the process whereby the character of a poor urban area is changed by wealthier people moving in, improving housing, and attracting new businesses typically displacing current inhabitants in the process. Gentrification is so bad that in Portland, they've been able to make two small miniseries, two small, excuse me, two small documentaries about gentrification and how it has taken over in the Portland area. You want to know what gentrification is? Gentrification is Edo. If, uh, for those of y'all who live in Houston, Texas, you know what Edo is, right? That's what they call it, East Downtown. Mm -hmm. That ain't number Denver Harbor. You know how they changed it to East Downtown? They came in and they gentrified it. Go and look at some parts of Third Ward. It's been gentrified. So you see what I'm saying? That's that. That's my issue. Now I'm looking at Breonna Taylor was killed because of gentrification. The police unit was used to 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 go in because let me tell you. Let me let me tell you another way how it happens. All they have to do is legally deemed the area crime ridden drug infested looters uh uh not looters um laudering hanging out all times of the night homelessness that's all they gotta prove and if they can prove that using the police department then guess what they can go in and do if they can do that using the police department they'll come in and they'll say 
hey, look, this is a, a crime-infested area. I don't think that these people need to be here. And then the whoever wants to buy the land, whoever wants to buy the land, tear the place down and come in, they buy it for pennies on the dollar because according to the city, according to the city, this area isn't worth anything except it's worth a lot to the African-Americans and the Hispanics and the Asian people who live there. It's worth a lot to the people who live there. It's worth a lot to the minorities who live there. That's all they have. And so you're telling me because you wanted a Starbucks, because you wanted a movie theater, that you came in and killed Breonna Taylor. Wow. A cafe, an amphitheater, and new homes. I can't do this with y'all. I can't. Because every time I look at this case, every time I look into this Breonna Taylor case, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And Louisville is not doing anything to help. You're using the police department to gentrify? I guess the other strong arm tactics just wasn't good enough, huh? I guess, you know what, I guess you just can't send people in there to strong arm people to sign over their houses and sign over their land to you no more, huh? You're like, oh, well, I know what we'll do. We'll make a donation to the police union, and then we'll get them to do our work. I'm about to get ready to take a break. When I come back, we're going to talk about, uh, it's time for the Article 15, and we're going to talk about Lazy Journalism 101. We'll be back. Hey, what's going on, y'all? You're tuned into Attention to Orders. I'm your host, Big Sarge. All my Vietnam veterans, welcome home. Germany, good night. All my active duty military personnel is downrange. Good night. It is now time for Big Sarge's Article 15. Come get this work on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm out. Hey, welcome back. You're tuning into the Attention to Orders podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Make sure you are subscribed to all of uh, uh, to. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all media outlets. Everywhere you get your uh, podcast from, make sure you're subscribed. I'm sorry, y'all. I am. This night has been very emotional for me. Y'all know Big Sarge. I'm a crier. I'm surprised I haven't cried yet when I'm talking when, after talking about PFC Vanessa Gillian or talking about Breonna Taylor. I'm surprised I have not cried yet, right? I I I, I am. But for as sentimental as I got then, I'm going to get a little bit more sentimental now. But I'm also mad, and I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. All my Vietnam veterans, welcome home, Germany. Good night. All my active duty military personnel that's downrange, good night. It is now time for Big Sarge's Article 15. Tucker Carlson, come get this work. This is an Article 15 slash lazy journalism 101. Tucker Carlson continued criticism of Duckworth uh, draws backlash. Let me read that. Uh, title again, according to SanFranciscoGate.com, Tucker Carlson's continued criticism of Duckworth draws backlash. Fox News host Tucker Carlson has escalated his criticism of Sen uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth, the Democrat from Illinois, lambasting the, w the double amputee combat veteran as a coward, fraud, and moron on his second night of attacks against her. Lambasting the double amputee combat veteran veteran as a coward fraud and moron on a second night of attacks against her 
While Carson is no stranger to criticism, the reaction to his latest remarks have been particularly swift. On the Monday night edition of his primetime show, Carson called Duckworth a deeply silly and unimpressive person who hates America. Taking issues with the comments she made on CNN about having a national dialogue regarding monuments of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and the large reckoning on race after the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis in police custody. In response, and this is the best part, Duckworth responded on Twitter that Carson should walk a mile and walk a mile in my legs and then tell me whether or not I love America. Let me read that to you one more time. Duckworth responded on Twitter that Carson should walk a mile in my legs and then tell me whether or not I love America. In 2004, Duckworth lost both of her legs when a Black Hawk helicopter she was co-piloting was shot down in Iraq. Tucker Carlson. Who the hell you think you are, bruh? Who in the hell do you think you are? You're coming at a double amputee combat veteran calling her these names. I'm not going to repeat them again. I said them twice. That's it. I'll never say them again. You coming after a double amputee combat veteran saying she don't love America when she lost both of her legs Fighting for this country, Tucker? I'm not surprised because just like your president when he attacked uh, John McClain. I said John McClain, didn't I? McCain. I'm thinking of the Houston Texans. Anyway, your, your president who attacked Senator McCain, who was a POW, and then you said, no, nah, I like my soldiers to survive or something to that effect. I don't know what you, what, what, what you said verbatim, but it was something to that effect. Tucker Carlson, I can't believe that you're going to take out your frustrations or whatever it is that you have out on a combat veteran when you didn't raise your hand yourself. I know what's wrong with you, Tucker. You're mad because the CIA wouldn't take you. Yeah, I know you tried to join the CIA and they told you no. But you know what you really are? You're nothing but a spoiled brat. A spoiled brat. I know your, your family got money. I know your daddy lucked up on his second or third marriage and married the, uh, the, the young lady who's a Swanson heir. I know your daddy married money and then she turned around and adopted you and your brother. I know you come from money, Tucker. But I ain't never read about you having any, any injuries or illnesses that would have stopped you from raising your right hand and taking the oath of enlistment. And now you're here telling Senator Duckworth that she don't love America? That's what you're saying, Tucker? But you know what? I, I, I also know I'm media trained, and this is where the lazy journalism 101 comes in. The lazy journalism 101 comes in because it's a publicity stunt so you could drive traffic to your show and to your social media. Know how I know? Because you invited her to your show. You invited her to your show so y'all could talk about it. No. Everybody sees right through those little publicity stunts. Everybody sees through that. You attack, and then you want them to come on so they can talk about it, so you can drive up your rating, so you can get more sponsorship, and you can take clips and put that on your social media. Oh, I'm going to attack you, attack you, attack you. And then I'm going to say, well, if you want to talk about it, you can come on my show. No. Who wants to come on your show, coward? You want to call names? I'm going to call you a coward. Nothing hindered you from joining the military, just like the guy that you praise so much, the one who had five deferments. Five deferments. I joined the military at 37 years old. No excuses, rich, spoiled brat. Crybaby, Tucker Carlson. You're going to talk about a veteran, a combat veteran at that, who lost both of her legs? Miss me with that, Tucker. But you know what? You follow right behind Jason Whitlock. That's the thing that he does. This is a publicity stunt right out of the Jason Whitlock playbook. Hey, I'm going to attack Colin Kaepernick. I'm going to attack LeBron James. And then after I attack both of them, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say, ooh, we, you can come on my show and let's talk about it. No, you're a coward. Coward, Tucker, that's what you are. You know what? I'm going to end with this. It's funny how you attacked a double amputee, but you didn't say nothing about Roger Ailes, your boss. Oh, I'm sorry, you did. You said that you loved him and he was a great wise man. You said you loved the great wise man, Roger Ailes, the one who uh, sexually harassed and sexually assaulted 
20 women. You're a coward, bro. And I'll say that to your face anytime. And guess what, Tucker? If you like to talk about it, you can come on to the Attention to Orders podcast and we can hash it out. I'm out. <laughs>